At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The first look at betting next week's games in the NFL. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is hour number two of the opening lines here from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network from downtown Las Vegas in our Circus Sportsbook Studios. Back with Matt Humans. I'm Ben Wilson, filling in for Jonathan Von Tobel this Sunday night. As we talk all things NFL Week 15 with the opening lines coming out tonight. Also, Matt, we're getting down to final four weeks of the season. Playoff picture starting to come further into focus. And as look, both conferences, very interesting movement today. It was a great day if you were a Colts fan mm-hmm. without playing. As the Indianapolis Colts, the one team that was out of the playoff picture in the AFC at the start of the day that is now in and uh, some other moving and shaking around uh, Tennessee holding serve. So they remain the two seed right now. New England remaining your top seed with them being on a bye at nine and four Titans. They, they win today, Matt. I'm curious your thoughts on them going forward because they get the win. They go to nine and four at 20 to nothing. Win is an eight, eight and a half point favorite against Jacksonville. But that offense left a lot to be desired with so many missing pieces. I know they got Julio Jones back off IR today. Uh, Matt, but uh, I, I'm curious what you made of a game like that against such a decrepit Jacksonville. Julio Jones, one of the most overrated players in the NFL at this point. Uh, if you're curious about my thoughts about the Titans, you're going to be a little disappointed. I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> I think it's it's pretty obvious who the Titans are without Derrick Henry, and that's not a serious threat to win the AFC. Uh, if Henry can make it back, you look at the uh, Titans a little bit differently in the playoff picture. But right now, uh, Tennessee's just one of those teams trying to get by. Uh, I'm not really that impressed. I do like Mike Vrabel as a coach, but it's uh, I think a team with a low ceiling without Derrick Henry and when you look at the AFC right now, I rank the Patriots number one. I really do. I know there's still some skeptics out there, uh, but I love the I've loved the matri- makeup of this Patriots team. I've been talking about them since uh, June or July, and uh, finally, after that poor start, the two and four start, they've turned things around. It's going to be very interesting. The next two weeks, the Patriots play the Colts on Saturday, and then they have the Buffalo Bills the week after that. So big games against Indianapolis and Buffalo coming up for the Patriots. But hey, the Chiefs. Back from the dead, they are, and they're the three seed right, right. now at nine and four. As That's well. right. So I think you gotta you gotta look at the Patriots and the Chiefs as the top two teams in the AFC right now. And that's it's funny when you think about it. And I said they were a phony favorites, but three weeks ago the Buffalo Bills were Super Bowl favorites, and right now Amazing. Uh, they're just hoping <laughs> to make the AFC playoffs. I know there were some people a couple weeks ago yeah. saying, "Look, yeah, Bills shot at five to one to miss the playoffs. Not a terrible value uh-huh. play, and that is now a real possibility right now." As in the picture for the playoffs, Bills at 7-6. and six. Now your current 7 seed if the playoffs were to start today, even though they are still technically the third betting favorites uh, at DraftKings. So with the, the Chiefs winning, and today could not have looked any better, 48-9, easily cover the 10. It was their, kind of amazing to think about this, Matt, even with, with how good the Chiefs have been the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. It was their largest halftime lead since 2004, yeah. up 35-3, forced five turnovers out of the Raiders, including on the opening play of the game. You kind of knew... Like I did, if you had a Raiders uh, Raiders plus 10, you were dead with with uh, the Josh Jacobs fumble out of the shoot. Patrick Mahomes, 20-24, 258, couple touchdowns. 
I guess the question with him and this Chiefs offense as a whole, though, mm-hmm. just the logical thing when you watch what they've done to the Raiders is they've combined for 89 points. Mahomes is thrown for 664 yards, seven touchdowns, no picks. Against everybody else, the numbers have been much more pedestrian. 20 sure. touchdowns to 12 picks in the other uh, 11 games. So to you, how much of this is just a uh, out-scheming the Raiders in two specific games? And how much is this of the Chiefs actually being fixed from a, from a larger scale here? Uh, I think it's a combination of the two, which is usually – you know, the answer. It's uh, yeah. Both are true. I, I, th- I do think the Chiefs have solved some of their issues offensively, but I also think they took advantage of a really bad Raiders defense. And uh, let me talk about the Raiders just here for a second uh, because they're going to play in this uh, Saturday doubleheader, which I'm looking forward to. Raiders at Browns, Patriots at Colts. Yeah, I think this is outstanding uh, two games on uh, Saturday to watch. And uh, there's going to be a lot of people looking to fade the Raiders in this spot in Cleveland. I actually think the uh, the Chiefs have solved, like I said, a lot of their issues offensively, but when they run up against a, a coach who can really scheme a defense to uh, give Patrick Mahomes some problems like he was having in the middle of this season, Bill Belichick's going to be that guy. I, I can't wait to see a Chiefs-Patriots playoff game. What about Brandon Staley? He, I mean, he schemed him up pretty well in, in KC earlier. Well, that's, the, and that's gonna, the matchup Thursday. And we're going to see that Thursday night. So let's uh, look at the opening numbers for Thursday and Saturday games because I think these are uh, three really good games, Ben, on Thursday and Saturday. Yeah, and you think about where the, the Chiefs open up. I We've seen some early movement uh, since this line was hung. Chargers on the Thursday night game at home at SoFi Stadium. Open for the most, most of the market, Chiefs minus three. Uh, we And this has been extremely recent because uh, even now at the Westgate, this has ticked up. Uh, Chiefs now up to minus three and a half, even money. Still a couple of threes out there juiced on the favorite as of right now. But early action, uh, Matt coming to Kansas City. Chargers, we haven't mentioned them yet. They do win uh, in, in the late window today, 37-21. Austin Eckler did leave that game with a leg injury. He is listed right now as questionable to running back for the Chargers. But that was really a, a no-sweater for an L.A. team that had some COVID issues early in the week mm-hmm. or without Keenan Allen. But got everybody else cleared. And they cover as eight and a half or nine point favorites. Remember, they beat Kansas City in KC earlier in the season. So an interesting, interesting spot for two teams where we mentioned Kansas City right now, the three seed. Chargers are the five seed right now at eight and five in a game back. They would have that if they were to beat the Chiefs and get the sweep. They'd obviously have the tie break, and they would uh, they would leapfrog them in the in the overall playoff picture. So uh, a fascinating this, game. This is a really good Thursday night duel between Mahomes and uh, Justin Herbert. I think three and a half. It's too much here. That, that might get me on the home dog here if I can get three in the hook like uh, you're seeing right now at Circa and the West, Westgate. I really thought the number was going to sit at three and really not move. But the Chiefs, hey, the betters are back on the bandwagon oh, yeah. with uh, KC. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. The betters have jumped off the Las Vegas bandwagon. The Raiders right now six-point dogs at Cleveland, seeing a six-and-a-half out there at the Westgate and Caesars. Uh, so this number might hit seven by Saturday. The, the wheels have fallen off the Raiders. It's a train wreck. All those cliches you want to throw out there that's true. I, I was I was watching, I think, the CBS pregame show. I hate to watch pregame shows, but I happened to have the TV on uh, three or four weeks ago. and it was, I think it was Bill Cower and the whole gang. Right? Yeah. T- take the interim tag off Rich Passaccia. Oh, Make him the oh, coach. God. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, no. And uh, you can't <laughs> get caught up in those emotions, you know, when you like the interim coach and he seems like a good guy and things are moving Look like they're moving in the right direction. You got to wait, sit back, and see how the rest of the season plays out. You don't make emotional decisions. It's the same when you're betting the NFL. You can't you can't bet with emotions. You're going to end up losing. I think Mark Davis is going to sit back and see what happens here in these final a few games, 
and know that he's if if they continue on this path, uh, the Raiders are probably going to have to clean house. And I think Mike Mayock's going to have to go. Uh, the coaching staff's going to get overhauled. There's going to be uh, – I don't know if Derek Carr is going to be affected at quarterback. I know there are people who believe that maybe Derek Carr is part of the problem. I'm not so sure about that. But uh, the Raiders are going to need major changes. For the for the last month of the season, it's clear after what happened today that the Raiders are going to be a bet against team uh, mm-hmm. with the public. And even though they're not officially eliminated now from playoff contention, they are all but out now at uh, at 6-7. and seven. A negative 44-point first quarter differential this Ooh. season. They've, mm-hmm. they've looked unprepared out of the gates like uh, they did today. Uh, they've gotten off to awful starts. Let's talk about, though, Cleveland for a second because they, they get the benefit of not only getting up big early against the Ravens, but they knock out Lamar Jackson from the game. Tyler Huntley comes in, who had, you know, had a couple moments where he looked all right. But, look, if you're Cleveland, you're at home off of buy in a must-win game and you're up 24 to 6. <laughs> this thing should not even be close no. at the end of it, but you think about the miscues. I don't know why Matt from from Kevin Stefanski's perspective they were throwing the ball so much up in the second half, but Baker Mayfield throws a pick, leads to a field goal. As another near interception, it was dropped in Baltimore territory. Chase McLaughlin misses a field goal at 24-9. It leads to a Ravens touchdown on the next drive. Second half, they go miss field goal, three punts, mm. and we're on all honesty pretty fortunate even to win that game at the end. Give up the onside kick late. Baltimore almost steals a win in Cleveland. Hard for me to have a lot of trust in Cleveland in general here. So if anything, this would this would probably be a teaser candidate. I have to think a lot of people are going to be on that teasing Cleveland down to it right now. It'll be a half point. Probably going to be more like one one and a half based on 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 the way we expect the line to go here. Yeah, and uh, I would not discourage that. I think you can tease the Browns down. Uh, to a half point, one point favorite, and that's probably going to be, be the way to play it. I don't have confidence in laying points with Cleveland. No way. No ba- way. Baker Mayfield's been a below average and borderline bad quarterback here for the past couple of months. We know he's banged up with injuries. I've said many times, I think the Browns would be better off going with the backup quarterback. Uh, you're talking about a veteran backup who you can win with, and Baker Mayfield, you're barely winning uh, with him right now. He looked bad. Uh, again today, I thought for the most part, Kevin Stefanski again with some uh, questionable decisions. So, no, I'm not excited about laying points with Cleveland. <laughs> no. But like you get late in the season, a lot of times when you have a dead dog, what looks like a dead dog on the other side, you got to pump up the line on some of these even fragile favorites because uh, the public does not want to bet dead dogs, and I, I don't blame them for that. Especially after this week. I mean, all but uh, all but two of the favorites who come home and uh, and cash and. Yeah. Even Green Bay, down 10, laying double digits. They end up uh, cashing in the end, winning by 15. Uh, the one I know this will be the for sure the highest handle game of those those first three that we talked about, Patriots-Colts, the Saturday night, the marquee primetime spot, and we, we saw how this was uh, this has changed a little bit. Patriots favored on the look ahead. Now it's Colts by a uh, point, point and a half. With both teams coming off a bye here, both having played really good football as a whole over the last month, month and a half, who do you give the edge to in a spot like this? Uh, well, you got both teams coming off a bye. And I always say you don't want to be a hot team coming out of a bye week because it disrupts your rhythm. And uh, a lot of times you lose uh, everything that was working for you uh, uh, for the Patriots, seven-game win streak. You don't want to buy when you have a seven-game win yeah. streak. Uh, but the Patriots, I still give them a little bit of an edge because the Colts have found ways to lose too many close games. And... Uh, Colts up to two at Westgate, by the way. I would say this number opened the Patriots two and a half. Now we're seeing uh, uh, the Colts. You said two at the Westgate it right now? It is two, at, two behind us at Circa, two at, uh, at the yeah, Westgate as well. Right. It, so some early Colts money. I have to think, you're talking about teasers, if people are wanting to play a Saturday teaser, what do you think? Browns down to near pick'em, Patriots up to plus eight, a little uh, 
Um, that long teaser leg on the, yeah, on the Patriots I, side? I definitely think you could tease the Patriots up uh, through those key numbers and be good with that. Browns-Patriots teaser looks like a good one. I made the Colts one-and-a-half-point favorites here, uh, so I'm not surprised by that number. But, man, the first three games of this uh, NFL Week 15 schedule are uh, outstanding. They're a doozy. Not sure we can say that about the rest of the slate, but we'll talk about some of those coming up as we continue. Opening lines here from v the Sports Betting Network. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Bowl Betting Guide will be released Monday morning. Everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on the bowls, including insights, trends, data predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you are betting on every game or playing in contests. The guide drops tomorrow. Make sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. We have a panel of uh, eight handicappers with 10 best bets. For the Bulls, and uh, Dave Tooley is on that panel. He's going to join us here in about All 15 right. minutes. Very nice. That'll be a great. That'll be a great conversation. I know you, a lot of hard work uh, going into the old bull betting guy. I love the bowl season. I really do. Even <laughs> though it's uh, such a challenge to handicap, and Ben, I think this is probably the most chaotic bowl season ever uh, because think, of, yeah, because you combine all the high-profile coaching changes, more and more players opting out for the NFL draft, including uh, big-name quarterbacks that you and I talked about, and the COVID issue, which has not gone away. It, uh, it you, not. you don't know. You make a bet today, you might find out tomorrow that 10 players on that team are out because of uh, COVID protocols. So it, it makes it tricky. Uh, but I love the bowl season uh, because there are so many games somewhere around. I don't know what the official 40, number is. We 41, did, I believe. No, it's are. more. Is it really? More. I thought it was 40. No, it's not. Really. It's more. We, we did an official count. I wrote 42. One of our editors said he counted 43, and somebody else said they counted 44. I think we settled on 43 as a number if you include the national championship. Oh, okay. I guess there's some. So it'll be like 42 litigation. plus the title game or okay. 43 plus the title. Anyway, a lot of bowl games. A lot, get, of, a lot of bowl Let's games. get back to NFL let's, Week 15. Let's get back to NFL Week 15. As we look, we just looked at the Thursday and two uh, Saturday doubleheader games we've got in NFL Week 15. It is the best time, in my opinion, of the, of the NFL season where you get games on four days of the week for the next uh, few weeks here. As we get into Week 15, as far as the early games, we've got seven of them. Uh, and we have a lot of intra-division matchups in, in, uh, in what will be a very interesting Week 15 slate. One of them, and the game with the uh, one of the lowest lines on the board here, one team off a of bye in the Philadelphia Eagles, Matt, who finds themselves, they're still right in the middle of the NFC. We, we just talked about AFC playoff picture last segment, but the NFC playoff picture is still going to be very much jumbled as uh, despite losing today, Washington does remain your current seven seed at six and seven. So our, our quest for a below 500 team making the playoffs still exists. Philadelphia also knocking on the door at six and seven. So a massive game for both teams. Philly off the bye. You see how some of the early movement has gone, uh, and it's even higher than what we're showing on your screen. It's now up to four after opening Philly minus two and a half. Uh, Taylor Heineke, he left. Uh, he was really bruised and battered all game today and, and struggled from the jump. Two and nine, 18 yards with a pick and a fumble that was returned for the touchdown in the first quarter alone. Eventually, the big sack he takes with about 12.45 to go, knocks him out of the game as Washington loses 27-20, does not cover. A lot of late money coming in, especially after the J.D. McKissick uh, inactive there for Washington as, uh, as Dallas snaps the four-game winning streak. Was that, was that four-game streak to you, Matt, just kind of a mirage for Washington uh, as they come out of the bye, win the four in a row? Uh, or was that 
was today more the blip for them, and, and they still have some things that you like about him going forward? Because I think you could make a pretty good case that, uh, that either could be true here for Washington. Yeah, there's some things I like about Washington. First of all, Taylor Heineke is a, um, he's a, he's a gritty player. And he can get out of the pocket and make plays. And I thought he outplayed Derek Carr last week, and that was a big reason Washington won that game. He hung in, in there today, too. In Las Vegas. Yeah, he does. He, he's a tough player. Uh, but the problem with Washington right now, the team in general, on both sides of the ball, is so beat up. I think uh, the Washington's going to – the football team's going to struggle down the stretch. And uh, I'm not surprised here to see the Eagles go from two-and-a-half to four-and-a-half-point favorites because, uh, in general, there's going to be more betting support for Philly as a home favorite here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Allen, by the way, finishes that game. <laughs> Two touchdowns in a 56-second span for Washington. I mean, th- the emotions here is a, is a better. If you took it with – if you waited this out, you took the six and a half, you think you're dead 27-8 when Heineke comes out of the game. But very bizarre. Dak Prescott, just a terrible pick six to give Washington some life. Yeah, but they, mix, they miss the extra point and end up losing by seven. So mm-hmm. kind of a, not really a bad beat per se. Well, but. and then Washington dropped a pass on the sideline. Carter, the receiver, dropped a ball that was in his hands. Would have been a deep ball. And Washington might have been able to send that game to overtime. So I, I'm still not convinced that the Dallas Cowboys completely have their act together. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Cowboys again here in a second. Right, and, and they go now to uh, MetLife. So they stay on the East Coast. Cowboys-Giants with the opener. And, and right now seeing anywhere from uh, 10.5 to 11. Uh, the Mike Glennon experience if you were a Giants backer today. And there was a lot of early uh, respected money coming in on the Giants, Matt, with a lot of COVID concerns on the Chargers side. But they got everybody besides, as we mentioned, Keenan Allen cleared. So with uh, Daniel Jones, who's right now being listed as questionable, has missed a couple games in a row with, with the next strain. You see how the early money has come in, at least to start on Dallas, but a little bit of buyback now at the 11.5 number back down to 11 or the 10.5. Yeah, Dak, I'm not a big QBR guy, Matt. It's you know, obviously just a kind of a made-up statistic that ESPN uses, but mm-hmm. uh, it can be telling in, in some spots. And Dak Prescott today, a 9.9 QBR, 22-39, 211. One touchdown and a couple of really bad interceptions. And yeah. as you pointed out, if, if certain things had – we can talk about this with every game, but if a couple key plays go Washington's way, it could easily have been a, a Washington football I team. I was on the Washington side. It was the wrong side, but still, my I, I think my handicap of the Cowboys is not going to change. I, I don't think Dallas is what it's being hyped up to be by a lot of people. And the Cowboys have uh, got issues on both sides of the ball. I think their defense is slipping. Dak Prescott has not played at the same level. Jerry Jones trying to take the pressure off his quarterback this week by saying, well, the receiver's got to run better routes. Come on, man. Uh, Dak Prescott just has not been that sharp since really the Kansas City game or maybe even the week before that. Uh, So I think, you know, also having your top receivers out of the lineup uh, on Thanksgiving was a big reason. Mm -hmm. He had no Amari Cooper, no C.D. Lamb. And that's I think the Cowboys offense has kind of been thrown out of rhythm uh, and Zeke Elliott is just a shell of his former self. Barely did anything. Today. Oh my god! Even with no Tony Pollard out there, he got out, out carried by Corey Clement, who I forgot was even in the league still. Right. Uh, Clement outrushes him thirteen to twelve. Zeke's longest carry today, seven yards, twelve for four. I didn't. I didn't even remember the seven yarder. But uh, I knew that. I knew that. I. I didn't. But that's now. So the since only thing about being an uh, overpaid underachiever is that you're overpaid. I know. And, uh, you know, that, and Zeke Elliott is overpaid, and he is underachieving in a big way. I, so I think the, the Cowboys got some problems. Obviously, it's tough. You got to have a, you got to have a, uh, I, I guess a uh, tough stomach or an iron stomach to to bet some of these ugly dogs in the NFL. And the Giants going to be in that spot this week, where I'm probably going to take the 11 points mm. with the home dog Giants. And uh, 
hope for the best because I, I don't think the Cowboys right now should be laying this type of number on the road. I thought seven was uh, six, you know, six or seven too much today in Washington, uh, but the ball kind of bounced their way. Uh, the Giants looked terrible today, but a lot of times in NFL betting, if a team looks terrible one week, you want to bet on that team the next week. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Giants bounce back and give the Cowboys uh, some trouble in this game in New York. So I would look at the dog here. I think Chuck Esposito of Red Rock Sportsbook was on with us the first hour. And he's, you know, he seemed to indicate he thought that line was a little bit too high as well. So, uh, you know, it's tough to stomach betting t- right. dogs like the Giants sometimes, but uh, you have to do it occasionally. I'm, I'm with you. Think about, about Dak Prescott, too, since his return from injury, 3-3. Three and three, It's now... Eight touchdowns, seven interceptions in the, in the six games yeah. since he has been back. But I, you, you make the point, too, about some of these underdogs. And so it is you have, the way you have to characterize these teams so late in the season. I, to me, at least, you break some of these dogs down into one of two groups. The completely dead to the water, just playing out the string. Oh, clearly not invested. Dogs. You got some dead dogs. Total dead dogs. No question. There's a few, few of these dogs that are, like, they're playing hard every week. <laughs> even though the Giants looked ugly today. They still, uh-huh. I mean, I had a pretty large teaser tied into the Chargers uh, down to minus three with, with Tennessee. I mean, the Giants, they, they played hard in that game. They bounced back early. It was a 7-7 game. The final couple minutes of the first half did them in, where they're now getting outscored 59 nothing. Matt, in the final two minutes of the first half, which is pretty pretty hard to accomplish. Uh, speaks to the lack of coaching in Joe yeah. Judge. But at the very least, you know you're going to get a game effort out of them, especially in a divisional uh, matchup like this at home here. Yeah, you picked up on that stat today, too. I was watching that Giants-Chargers game, and uh, <laughs> whoever, the, to me too. whoever the play-by-play guy or analyst, he said... The Giants been outscored 59-0 in the last two minutes of the first half of the season, the only team in the NFL to be shut out in the final two minutes. That reflects really poorly on the coaching staff. Obviously, Jason Garrett's been blown out as offensive coordinator, and you got Larry the Cable Guy calling the plays, Freddie Kitchens uh, calling the plays for the Giants. You know, aside from some garbage points there in the last uh, late in the fourth quarter, the Giants' offense did nothing today. Nothing. But again, you're talking about a lame duck quarterback and. Uh, they don't have much positive going. <clears throat> I think we've talked way too long about this game. But, <laughs> we, we, uh, we can move on. I will, I will probably take the ugly. I don't think the Giants are quite dead dogs. I think they're ugly dogs, but not dead dogs yet, you, so not, I'll probably take the LF. I don't think they're dead. You know who are two dead dogs? These are two dead dogs. And I. this is the most fascinating game to handicap to me of the week just from the, the ugly nature of it, and that is Houston and Jacksonville. Well, you are easily fascinated I, because <laughs> I find that – you know the fascination level to be zero. Urban Meyer has been uh, a walking ATM. For I, I'm not sure Urban Meyer is going. I'm not sure he's going to be the coach by tomorrow morning. You really, you think he could really be out? Why Jacksonville it, laying three points. By the why way, why is he still game. the coach now? I feel. Didn't we have this whole thing back in like week five when he had the video <laughs> I, come out? And I, I don't know why Urban Meyer is still the coach in Jacksonville. What a mess! I mean, did you see uh, something like after the the game today? The the, the basically the non handshake to Mike Vrabel. He looked like a guy so miserable. He would rather have been anywhere else than on the NFL sideline. And well, yet, uh, he's not going to be there much longer. So, I, yeah, I'm with you on that. The question is, uh, I don't think there, I don't think there is a way to play this game, uh, Houston. And it, <laughs> I just can't, fascinated. I just can't believe Jacksonville is laying points to a team in the NFL in the year 2021. Dave Tuley's on deck. He's going to be a fascinating interview. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. We are back on the opening lines from VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back alongside Matt Humans, I'm Ben Wilson, filling in for Jonathan Von Tobel from our Circus Sportsbook Studios in downtown Las Vegas. As it is time to welcome in our man, Dave Tooley. 
Find him on Twitter at View from Vegas, VSIN senior reporter. Uh, Dave, we appreciate the time. I know it was not. Uh, I know there's a lot of cheering in the background. Maybe not at maybe not at your expense. Hopefully, because it was not a day for the dog, uh, to put it lightly. Uh, a day where the favorites go 12 and one straight up, 11 and two against the spread. Nobody was knocked out of the circus. Survivor still 23 entries remain. I, I get look. This happens every once in a while. I'm sure for you as a, a guy who loves those dogs, not exactly uh, one that you're going to be telling the grandkids about uh, one one of these NFL Sundays. Oh, absolutely not. No, it, it was ugly uh, start to finish. Um, I, I lucked out with the Ravens covering, coming back and covering the spread. And uh, my biggest bet of the day was the, the Ravens teased to the Bengals. And so I looked out on both ends of that. And I, and I still have a Ravens to the uh, Cardinals, I mean, to the Rams plus eight and a half to, on Monday night to hopefully cut my losses some. But yeah, yeah none of the very few, except for the Ravens, uh, of the dogs weren't able to get in the, the backdoor covers uh, like we've been seeing all season. Follow him on Twitter, View from Vegas. Favorites, 11-1 and one straight up, 10-2 and two against the spread today. Uh, also, the Vikings won his favorites on Thursday night. Right. Uh, but uh, Dave Tooley is a dog or pass handicapper, so it's not a good week to be a dog or pass handicapper in the NFL, but you always have a couple weeks like this almost every year. The Packers finish it off tonight with a 45-30 Victory over the Bears, so the Packers down 10, come back and cover the 12 uh, with a 15-point win. The Bears cannot get in the back door late after recovering an onside kick. All right, Dave, the uh, VSIN Bowl betting guide comes out Monday morning, and uh, this is one of the biggest projects we work on every year. We break down all 40-plus games. We have a panel of handicappers with 10 best bets. And I'm not going to give everything away, but uh, Dave Tooley, one of your best bets, is going to be in the college football playoff semis Cincinnati and Alabama, and you're going to take the dog, right? You're taking the points with the Bearcats. Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, I, I love, you know, SEC apologists will say that uh, Georgia didn't care about that bowl game against uh, Cincinnati last year when Georgia only beat Cincinnati 24-21. But I, I, I really think that showed that they, they can play with these top teams. And so I, I think Cincinnati is going to make a game of it. Don't know if they can win it outright, but and getting two touchdowns, which is where I believe the line is going to go. Now, as we talk about some of these other games, I've only made one bowl bet so far this uh, this bowl season, and it's actually on Alabama minus 13, and that's only because I fully expect this to get to, like I said, 14 and hopefully even higher uh, when, when the public gets involved. And uh, I'm going to bet back more on the Cincinnati side. So that was more of a strategic uh, arbitrage situation, but uh, you know most most of the plays. I'm you know, as you guys talked earlier in the show, uh, there's there's so much uncertainty with the quarterbacks going in the transfer portal and coaches leaving and and uh, COVID issues. And you know we try try to cover all that in the in the bowl guide that's coming out in the morning. But there's obviously still going to be some news that comes up between now and game days. So. Uh, definitely going to be tracking all the, all those uh, moves as well at Vsin, but uh, yeah, one of the plays I do really like though is uh, Cincinnati plus the big points. Yeah, I have to think that thing is going to get uh, well up over fourteen by the time we uh, by the time we get to kickoff, don't you think? Yeah, yeah we I got... was thinking high as as maybe sixteen with all the public money that's going to come in. Yeah, I don't know if it'll get that high. I think fourteen and a half, maybe fifteen okay. is the top, and I, I wasn't even sure when it would get to fifteen. We're talking about New Year's Eve, right? When these uh, semis are going to be played, and I think. 
sometimes you won't even see that movement in the number till the night before the day of the game. It might not, and that's an early game, by the way, on New Year's Eve. So three thirty Eastern. Yeah, I think the the later game there's always more of an opportunity for the favorite to get bet up because okay. you got more time, you got more betting action on that game during the day. But I think Alabama is a decent chance will hit fifteen. Okay, well we'll see what we'll see what happens there, uh, Dave. As far as the other college football semifinal, which is the nightcap that night, Georgia Michigan, we're seeing this seven and a half to eight in some of the the spots here uh, with Georgia. I know a lot of the some early uh, action did come to the underdog circuit. Open this nine. On the Bulldog side, it is down to eight. How do you see this second uh, semifinal going? I imagine you don't, you don't love the dog spot as much as you do Cincinnati with getting more points, but what do you think about the matchup here? No, yeah, I, I didn't use uh, Michigan, and I, I would say maybe a slight lean that way, but uh, Georgia, I fully expect, will bounce back you know, from, from their loss to Alabama, and Michigan's offense nowhere near what, the, what Alabama brings. So I, I think uh, I think Georgia will uh, yeah make it to, make it to the title game, and again I, th- I think the numbers you know lined about right. Um, again, you know maybe it should be closer to touchdown because I mean Michigan has overachieved all year long, but but I really think if if Michigan would have been the number one seed, I think they would have been the least exciting number one seed uh, we've ever seen in this uh, playoff era of college yeah. football. I, you know, I can't think of another another team that would go in, uh, you know, less uh, <laughs> with, with less support to win the national title. I mean, you know, here we again we see them uh, as underdogs to uh, to a lower seed. Yeah, as we have it right now, Michigan, the number two seed, is a seven and a half or eight point dog to the number three seed, Georgia. But it was obvious the committee was going to seed the teams that way. Yeah. Uh, so it's not odds makers sitting on the uh, college football playoff committee. And uh, that's been obvious for quite a while. Dave, we talked about some of the handicapping mysteries of the bowl season. And I think the Pitt Michigan State game is a prime example. Kenny Pickett. Uh, probably was going to pick apart a, a really bad Michigan State pass defense. But Pickett is a Heisman finalist. Uh, he was. He said yesterday, we'll see this week if he's going to play in the bowl game, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, on December 30th. It looks like he's doubtful to play in that game. Pitt has flipped from a three-and-a-half-point favorite to a one-and-a-half-point dog against the Spartans. We right now believe Kenneth Walker, the running back for Michigan State, is going to play. So with uh, Pitt being one of your best bets in the uh, top 10, how did you rank that? Was that uh, one of the last plays you put in? Because I would think you have to have a lot of uncertainty here about betting Pitt with uh, Kenny Pickett. It seems more likely to sit this one out. Right, yeah, that's what I feared there. But, I mean, I I do think think Pitt with Pickett is is clearly the better team. I I, I would make them more like a touchdown favorite against Michigan State. Um, if everyone was at full strength here, but uh, well, we do see we do see teams a lot of times that have quarterbacks go down and the, the backup comes in and they plug him in and they, they do just fine. Uh, yeah, I don't know much about the uh, the pit backup here, but uh, again, I would, uh, would would hope that they would you know, still come out. But like I said, I, I haven't I haven't bet it, um, and uh, you know more waiting to see what happens with that line. But yeah, it was it was definitely number ten, the last one I was trying to find. Uh, out of the bowl schedule, you're not like not a big Nick Patty uh, fan. He, he like I did look this up, uh, Matt. He has he has thrown uh, 62 career pass attempts. So there you go, Nick Nick Patty, Dave, Nick our Patty. backup quarterback. Well, you know what complicates for things for Nick Patty is uh, the offensive coordinator's gone for Pitt too. That doesn't help. Uh, sorry, uh, 60. 
two career pass attempts, 12 of 14 this year. Uh, Dave, as we look as well as some of the, I know that some of the plays that you're going to be on here in our college football bowl guide, uh, I, Matt Humans certainly loves just the wide breadth of games that we get and, and the fact that you get some games played in random locations, some very early in the day. And, and this is one of them, App State, Western Kentucky, down at, uh, in Boca Raton, the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, that is going to be coming up on uh, uh, this Saturday. And early kickoff, 11 a.m. Eastern time kickoff, so 8 a.m. for us here on the West Coast. App State laying three market wide. I've seen a couple spots with a little buyback on, on the Hilltoppers here, down to two and a half. Uh, what do you like uh, in, uh, in this spot here with w- Western Kentucky and App State matchup and a pretty uh, tightly lined game here? Yeah, but, uh, but I, I really like Western Kentucky here. Um, I, I think they should actually be a small favorite. Uh, quarterback Bailey Zappi is, uh, you know, put up huge numbers this year. And I, I, I just think they have the better, you know, better overall offense. And I don't, I don't think you have to can keep up with them. All right, Western Michigan, a three-point dog to App State. And uh, you're right about that. Zappi has put up uh, tremendous numbers. And uh, he's been a fun quarterback to watch this year for the Hilltoppers. Dave, one more to hit on, on the way out here. This was a popular play from uh, handicappers in the bowl guide. East Carolina plus three and a half against BC in the military bowl. What do you like about the Pirates catching three and a half? Yeah, the Pirates have been really good to me this year. Uh, I, I, I don't know how many times I've played them overall, but I, I think I've won on them at least three or four times during the course of the year as underdogs. Uh, usually been getting getting bigger points against teams that um, maybe aren't the quality of Boston College. <laughs> but, uh, but again, I, I, you know, I would think that uh, they, they definitely they're – scra- they're a scrappy team. They just do enough to stick around. And uh, I, I would look for them to pull the outright upset. All right. Again, give them a follow at View from Vegas. Our VEASAN senior reporter, Dave Tooley, giving us some time here on opening lines. Dave, as always, appreciate it. Best of luck as we get into a college bowl season here this, uh, this coming week. All right, thanks a lot, guys. Good luck. Absolutely. All right, we still have a number of NFL games to talk about, though, Matt Humans. Final segment we got coming up, opening yeah. lines. There's there's some interesting uh, marquee games we've got next week, including a big NFC West showdown, which will be one team that's sight unseen here with the, with the Seahawks and Rams. Pretty big line in this spot. I'm curious what you think about this. I like the NFL Week 15 schedule. And like you said, the first uh, now when you have games on four days of the week, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, it gets that much better. I know you wish there were seven days. That would be, yeah, be great. Four's okay. Right, four's pretty good. All right, we'll talk about the rest of these games coming up in our final segment here on the opening line. is opening lines with Charles Avon Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker now available on vcin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year and more. Check out the prop tracker betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. As we're back, final segment of the opening lines with Matt Eumanns, Ben Wilson with you. Big thanks to our producer tonight, Dan Miller, as well as our technical director, Andrew Ingold, fellow Wisconsinite uh, behind the glass, wearing his Packer jersey, by the way, Matt Eumanns. Big win for us cheeseheads tonight after going down 10-0. Nice little in-game betting spot uh, for, for me, for Daniel Alvari, who I know was watching earlier. A nice closeout to your Moneyline Parlay. You think so. Danielle's still watching now? Uh, odds are uh, nine to one. I'd say no minus three fifty, no <laughs> minus five dollars. No minus five dollars. She was watching the A block. She was watching the beginning of the show. She no, was that's, watching uh, the A block. I, I think 
tonight's game was a lot more interesting from a betting perspective than uh, oh, absolutely. a lot of people thought it was going to be. The Bears jump out to a 10-point lead and uh, could not cover 12, but they had a shot to get in the back door late. They end up losing 45-30. Much higher scoring game uh, than anticipated, Ben, with a total in the low 40s, around 43 mm-hmm. uh, tonight. Uh, but I think we – I thought it was an entertaining game. And I've seen many, many Bears-Packers games in person – in my life, and uh, I was not really fired up for tonight's game, but it, it exceeded my expectations. I thought Justin Fields played well at times, and uh, the Packers got the win because Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. He's, he's, he literally he does. That is a true fact statement that we can make. 45-30, your final, and a total that was lined uh, 43. Most, By the way, most first time since 1951, we had an individual quarter, a second quarter with uh, at least five touchdowns combined. Yeah. It's first time since 1951 uh, that happened. As we take a look, we'll go kind of rapid fire here, Matt, to wrap up the show, taking a look at some of the final lines we have not gotten to. Looking ahead to week 15 of the NFL, seeing if there's any value to be had. I teased before the last break, we've got an NFC West showdown. Seahawks-Rams, one of the a marquee late afternoon window games, 425 Eastern, showing either a Rams minus 6.5 or 7. This is, of course, sight unseen with the Rams not playing until the Monday night game tomorrow in Arizona. Interesting kind of pseudo-sleepwalking type performance from Seattle today where they go down, they allow Davis Mills, first rookie quarterback, to complete 14 straight passes to start a game since 1991. Yeah. But eventually they, they find their sea legs behind a really just a, a big game from uh, the running back Rashad Penny, 16 carries, a buck 37, and two touchdowns. But they were laying nine and a half in the game today, a team that seemed dead in the water a couple, a couple weeks ago. They've won two games in a row now, but how much respect should they really be getting now in the betting markets? Wow, sea legs, dead in the water. You're, you're pulling them all out here for the Seahawks. I'm all in. All the Seahawks references here. Uh, Russell Wilson could be playing his uh, final games in a Seahawks uniform. We'll see. Uh, but how about Rashad Penny, that first-round draft pick Seattle used on him a few years. Finally pays off today in a big game. But uh, I – I don't know what to make of the Seahawks down the stretch here. I don't – they're deep, to me, their defense is too bad. By the way, Jamal Adams now injured and out. He, he's uh, done. Yep. That was a terrible trade to give away two first-round draft picks for Jamal Adams and pay him a ton of money. It's the Seahawks made so many missteps in the past couple of years. The defense is a shell of what it used to be. I think the Rams, if they can win Monday night in Arizona as small dogs – are really going to pick up some momentum here in the final month. And I, I'm still a Sean McVay believer. Uh, I think he's one of the elite coaches in the NFL. I'm not a big Matthew Stafford believer, but if uh, Stafford can find a way to beat the Cardinals Monday night, I think uh, the Rams might get on a little bit of a roll here in December, and uh, that's when you want to be rolling is late in the season. And they, no, they, have a, they would have a chance to create a little bit of space between them and the other wild card seeds right now. They could, as you mentioned, if they mm-hmm. beat Arizona, put some pressure on the, some pressure on the top seeded cards there in the NFC. But I mean, yeah, if you're telling me you're getting a Rams five seed at Dallas four seed first round matchup, yeah. I, I mean, that's going to be Rams for me all day, especially with what we've seen laid out of, out of Dallas and the team they will be trying to fend off at least for the five seed right now, Matt is the San Francisco 49ers who are in that six seed as of now at seven and six off of a massive win what a disappointing effort it was last Sunday in that loss in Seattle against a team who had looked completely dead like we talked about. But the, the Niners bounced back despite blowing a 20-6 to lead in the final five minutes. Two incredible touchdown catches by Jamar Chase, likely locking up his Offensive Rookie of the Year award honors, you would at least think, today. But the Niners bounce back, score a touchdown in overtime after conceding the field goal to win 26-23. They will also play in one of the late window games 
as they host the Atlanta Falcons, who come in after winning as short underdogs on the road today in Carolina. Uh, some early money, not too much of a surprise here, Matt, with a solid Niner performance on San Francisco. This is now as high as eight and a half in the market after opening up at a seven and a half. This will be right in that teaser candidate, Wong teaser window. And uh, even though Matt Ryan and the Falcons looked live today, yeah. uh, m- much different step up in class here for them on the road. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, Jimmy Garoppolo is not really leading a big play offense right now. I think the the 49ers are kind of doing, doing it methodically. And this is a big number. In my mind, it's a big number for the 49ers to be laying. I just checked here at Circuit. It's still eight and a half, eight and a half at the Westgate. We talked about an opener that was seven and a half. I'm not a big Falcons fan. And... Um, I'm not going to recommend you and your friends empty your bank accounts and bet on the <laughs> dog in this game. But I'm not going to be laying eight and a half with the Niners. I think if uh, you approach this from a perspective of liking the favorite, you have to tease it down. Because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You're looking to cross through these key numbers, and you get the most value out of a teaser when you tease an eight and a, eight and a half yes. point favorite you know, down to two and a half. So I think that would probably be the way to play it. Eight and a half is too much for me to lay. Or, or going the other way, going up with some of those short underdogs. You know, in the previous um, game we just talked about, too, I think the Rams are going to be played that way by a lot of people. The Rams are no, seven, no seven-point favorites. They will be teased down There's a ton of well. teaser candidates this week when you, when you look at it, including uh, this game, which could be the underdog teasing up, it potentially, because Denver, while they did cover today against a, a Detroit team that basically had no players left. I mean, uh, more, 14 starters were either questionable, doubtful, or out today. They had 21 players sick. They had more guys injured in the first series. A completely depleted team that was shut out in the second half. So Denver rolls in the second half, gets the win. They were bet up from 8.5 all the way to 12.5. They have they have opened up here as a 1 or 1.5 point home favorite after you see how initially they were catching three points from the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, how do you, what do you stand, uh, or where do you stand, I should say, on, on this Bengals team with how they have certainly been a zigzag team all sure. season currently and, and obviously what's been a lull here the last couple of weeks? It's been a lull, but Joe Burrow's been a little bit beat up. Uh, I think the expectations for the Bengals got a little bit too high. Uh, before that week, they went to New York and lost to the Jets as big favorites. That knocked a lot of people out of the Circus Survivor okay. Contest, by the way. I kind of like the Bengals in the, in the role of road dog here. Needing a win, the Broncos are not going to be in the playoffs. The Bengals are making a hard push to try to get in the back door in that AFC uh, playoff picture. Man, how seems like so long ago, Ben. But a month into the season, might have been five, six weeks into the season, the Raiders were the number two seed in the AFC playoffs, and the Bengals were number one. That's and the Raiders are not going to be in the playoffs, and the Bengals are hoping to get in. But you got a desperate dog trying to fight. It's way into the playoffs. I kind of like Cincy here, plus one and a half. I'm, I'm with you. So much has been made about Teddy Bridgewater and that dog girl for the Broncos. Uh-huh. Not really a team you want to be laying points with uh, Denver, even though even they, a point they and are, a half, even, but, even yeah. though they're at home. I just It doesn't make me comfortable with uh, what we've seen out of Denver. Both of those teams, by the way, Cincinnati and Denver, battle of seven and sixes. You have to think that's probably a loser. Mm-hmm. Uh, is basically done for playoff consideration with Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Denver, the three, seven, and six teams currently out of the playoff picture. You got Buffalo, Indy, both seven and six. Those are the teams in right now. Uh, another game we, we just talked about Detroit, who look, it was it was a depleted roster Do we today. We have to talk about Detroit. Well, that's a quick thought. Okay. They're catch, look, they're catching fourteen against an Arizona team who's going to be coming off regardless of whether they win or lose an emotional interdivision Monday oh, night it's a game. Short week. And it's a short week. Don't you think? Doesn't fourteen seem high to you on the on the first look? I know it's Detroit, it's, but it's, they've been playing hard for Dan Campbell. Yeah. It's high. Sure, it's high at 14. <laughs> but. <laughs> but you have to bet the Lions on the other side. And you're talking about a team just riddled by the flu, barely had enough players 
to field a team today. Uh, you talked about the Lions also, the mountaintop principle that we sometimes talk about in sports. The Lions reached a peak last week when they won their first game, so they were kind of due to crash yeah. emotionally this week. I'm just not sure what goals are out there for the Lions at this point. Uh, since they've got their first win, are they going to continue to play as hard because they got that monkey off their back? Uh, if I had to play it, I would take the 14 with the dog and play Detroit, but I don't have to play it. I think the uh, the situation for Arizona is problematic because you're talking about a short week and laying two touchdowns yeah. on the east, technically uh, the eastern time technically zone. Eastern time zone. Yeah, well, so. and if Arizona looks good tomorrow night as well, you, I mean, I, I would actually like Detroit more if Arizona comes out and they and they yeah. look really impressive because a that line's going to go up higher. You might get a you might get like a Buffalo Jacksonville situation where it gets to like. No, I completely agree with that. If the, if the Cardinals win a big game against the Rams on Monday night, it's a little bit of a flat spot the next week against the Lions, laying two touchdowns yeah. on the road, so it might be a better bet against situation. Who do you like tomorrow, by the way? Rams card. Uh, I made an early bet. I talked about it on uh, the show last week. The first bet I made in the NFL this week was Rams plus three. Uh, so I got the, the good number. Well, I got the good number. We'll see if I get the good result tomorrow night. I've had a lot of good numbers in the NFL that don't find the win column. That, that so. happens. Uh, any bet yeah. you're going to be firing on right now as soon as we get done here? Uh, no, actually, the next thing I'm going to bet is Michigan State over Pitt in the Peach Bowl because I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be playing. It's not going to be a big bet, though, because – a lot of these bowl situations we've talked about are just so tricky. You don't know what's going to happen, what sort of bad right. news is going to be around the corner once you make right. a bet. Well, that does it for us. For Matt Eumanns. Great job, ben. ben. Hey, thanks for letting me fill in. We've got The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg coming up next here on v the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 